Welcome to She's Running. This is the podcast dedicated to talking to women who are running for office locally, nationally, and everything in between. I'm Emily Jackson. Today I've got a great conversation with Tara Gaston, who is running for city supervisor in Saratoga Springs, New York. Happy 4th of July. For Americans, today is a day to celebrate America, cook outside, and watch fireworks. We celebrate our country's independence by being even more outrageously patriotic. We watch things explode while proud to be an American blares from the speakers. And I'm not being facetious here. I know it sounds like it. I do love watching fireworks. Today of all days, don't be afraid to speak out against what you know to be wrong. The United States was founded on this very thing. It's not unpatriotic. It's the most patriotic you can be. There's a poem by Langston Hughes that I think is circling this year. I saw it on a moveon.org video on Facebook, and it 100% represents what we need to remember today. It was written a century ago and could have absolutely been written yesterday. Let America Be America Again by Langston Hughes. Let America be America again. Let it be the dream it used to be. Let it be the pioneer on the plain, seeking a home where he himself is free. America never was America to me. Let America be the dream the dreamers dreamed. Let it be that great strong land of love, where never kings connive nor tyrants scheme, that any man be crushed by one above. It was never America to me. Oh, let my land be a land where liberty is crowned with no false patriotic wreath, but opportunity is real and life is free. Equality is the air we breathe. There's never been equality for me, nor freedom in this homeland of the free. Say, who are you that mumbles in the dark? Who are you that draws your veil across the stars? I am the poor white, fooled and pushed apart. I am the Negro bearing slavery's scars. I am the red man driven from the land. I am the immigrant clutching the hope I seek. And finding only the same old stupid plan of dog-eat-dog, of mighty crush the weak. I am the young man, full of strength and hope, tangled in that ancient endless chain of profit, power, gain, of grab the land, of grab the gold, of grab the ways of satisfying need, of work the men, of take the pay, of owning everything for one's own greed. I am the farmer, bondsman to the soil. I am the worker who sold the machine. I am the Negro, servant to you all. I am the people, humble, hungry, mean, hungry yet today despite the dream, beaten yet today, O pioneers. I am the man who never got ahead, the poorest worker bartered through the years. Yet I'm the one who dreamt our basic dream in the old world while still surf of kings, who dreamt a dream so strong, so brave, so true, that even yet its mighty daring sing. In every brick and stone, in every furrow turned, that's made America the land it has become. Oh, I'm the man who sailed these early seas in search of what I'm meant to be my home. I'm the one who left dark Ireland's shore and Poland's plain and England's grassy lay. And torn from black Africa's strand, I came to build a homeland of the free. The free? Who said the free? Not me. Surely not me. The millions on relief today? The millions shot down when we strike? The millions who have nothing for our pay? For all the dreams we've dreamed, all the songs we've sung, all the hopes we've hung, and the flags we've hung, 
the millions who have nothing for our pay, except the dream that's almost dead today. Oh, let America be America again, the land that never has been yet, and yet must be the land where every man is free, the land that's mine, the poor man's, the Indians, Negroes, me, we who made America, whose sweat and blood, whose faith and pain, whose hand at the foundry, whose plow in the rain, we must bring back our mighty dream again. Sure, call me any ugly name you choose, the steel of freedom does not stain. From those who live like leeches on people's lives, we must take back our land again. America, oh yes, I say it plain, America was never America to me. And yet I swear this oath, America will be. Out of the rack and ruin of our gangster death, the rape and rot of graft and stealth and lies, we the people must redeem the land, the mines, the plants, the rivers, the mountains and the endless plain all the stretch of those great green states and make America again. So I saw on your website this badge that I'm very interested in, the Women's Equality Party. Is that a new political party? So it is a political party here in New York State, mm-hmm. and uh, they there are registered voters and just like any other political party, the Democratic Party or Working Families, you can uh, interview with them and request their endorsement. And I did receive their endorsement. And they're primarily focused on, you know, as the name suggests, uh, women's issues, um, making sure that there's equal pay, that health care, uh, reproductive rights, justice, and that sort of thing. How long has that been a party in New York? Uh, just a couple of years. Very cool. Did you? Did you seek them out? Did they seek you out? How did that happen? They do put a call out for anyone who's interested in obtaining their endorsement, but I was familiar and it it was pretty important to me. My work as an attorney Mm -hmm. ties very neatly in with reproductive justice and women's equality. And so it, it was pretty important to me that I interviewed with them and received their endorsement. Very cool. I am so curious about a new political party focused on women's equality. That is kind of my jam. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so before we get too far into our conversation here, why don't you introduce yourself? Who are you and for what are you running? Sure. I'm Tara Gaston. I am a parent of four, the spouse of a disabled veteran, and an attorney. In a prior life, I was also a public school teacher, and I am running for city supervisor for the city of Saratoga Springs, New York, um, which is a seat on our county legislative body. And what does city supervisor do? My particular city is a little unique. Most of Uh the supervisors in the county also function as executive bodies for their municipality. In Saratoga Springs, it's because of our form of government, it's more of a liaison and a representative of the city on the county legislature, but they control a lot of things. Uh, County law enforcement, which our city has its own law enforcement, but they work together a lot, especially for larger events. They do public health and social services. They deal with the sewage system. They work a lot with planning, uh, open space monitoring and maintaining the forest land. 
they do a lot of work with veterans as well and support in relation to their social services, particularly Mm -hmm. veteran homelessness and public health programs. Okay. That's interesting. For those of us who are not in New York, where is Saratoga Springs? It's about 45 minutes north of Albany, the capital. So we have the state government very close, Mm -hmm. but we are more... um, the, the town motto is a city in the country, and that's really why, it's really why we were attracted to it. I tend to like more urban areas, and my spouse tends to not so much. <laughs> and Saratoga has all, it has a walkable downtown, a great school system, uh, lots of, of things going on. We have a tremendous arts community here, and, uh, but it's still... You know, has a lot of, it's based on the hot springs that were part of the original tourist attraction here. And now we also have horse racing season in the summer, which is a big draw. Are you a native New Yorker? No. I grew up in Alabama and my spouse was in the Navy, uh-huh. and which is how we originally came to New York. And we really just fell in love with Saratoga Springs in the area. There's a base nearby that he was stationed at twice. We just loved it. And that was a little over 10 years ago now. And so when he retired, we decided this was where we wanted to settle down. It had everything we wanted and and a great community and a place where we really thought that we could do some good as well. Where in Alabama did you grow up? I grew up in the middle of the state, in um, Montgomery and then mm-hmm. Prattville. I've got family in uh, Huntsville, and my dad is up in a very small town in the very northeast corner. So I'm familiar with with Alabama a little bit. Uh, we, have, we have lots of friends and family there still. Yeah. Um, and, and that was a consideration, but we loved Saratoga Springs so much. I mean, once you fall in love with a place, it's just like, then it's home. So why did you decide to run? Hmm. Well, I've always, public service is sort of in my family. Mm -hmm. Uh, I come from a family of military and police officers and nurses and people who work in political offices. Uh, The rest of my family and I don't tend to share the same political views, but uh, (laughs) a lot of them are involved in politics. And so I knew that that was something one day I wanted to get involved in. And we settled here in Saratoga Springs. And the first thing I did was change my voter registration to here and try and get involved with the local community. Mm -hmm. And that was uh, this past summer. And as we know, there uh, was a little dust up politically (laughs) in November. I'm sure everyone is familiar. And, you know, I'd wanted to get involved But as my involvement happened, I think other people were also looking to kind of bring in some diversity and some new voices into local politics. Mm -hmm. So I was actually asked to consider running. And my first thought was, I'm not ready. I I can't possibly do this. Probably like 75% of other women who are asked to consider running for office well, I haven't done my time. I haven't Mm -hmm. done my research. I have to plan more. What about my family? And my spouse said, well, why is now a bad time? (laughs) Which was both helpful and not helpful. And then I also thought I've been uh, working since the fall, 
to bring Emerge America political training to New York State. Mm -hmm. And it also put a little onus on me, well, if I'm going to work to bring more women into politics, if the local establishment really sees something in me, and I also think that I can do good, why would I say no? So the combination of I knew that I wanted to get involved at some point, and then actually having someone ask. I under, I hear that it takes like nine times to get most women to run. Yeah. So you just have to hear it over and over and over. Yeah. It only took me once. Um, <laughs> so, th- so there's that, but you know, I, I still went through the, all the steps of, well, can I actually, are you sure? But what about this? What if the kids don't like it? Is this going to take away from the family time, from jobs, all of that, but we're doing it now. How, what has it been like actually getting Emerge like to come to New York because I've talked to several women who have gone through the program and I talked to the executive director of Emerge New Jersey but what has it been like for you to try and bring Emerge to New York? I will say it has been a really awesome experience. I've met a lot of women with a lot of passion and drive and we're holding events, raising money, building interest. Um, The interest is here. People want it. Um, There are so many women running upstate now Mm -hmm. uh, who really, you know, after November said, wait a second, we've got to start on the local level and start changing this because if this is what we're dealing with on the national level, we've got to start down low. And all of these women want to know more because we don't, for a lot of us, we didn't grow up in that environment and we don't have the support system naturally. Mm-hmm. And so they're all really looking for this and, and being able to get out and meet these fantastic, smart, determined women who they want the training here and we're ready to raise the money. We're going to devote the time and do whatever we can. It's, it's really been a fantastic jump into it. And, uh, and not only getting to know the women who are working to also bring Emerge, but just the women who are going, all right, I need it. <laughs> bring it here now. How soon? Can you do it tomorrow? It's like, okay, well, hang on just a second. But it, it's, and it's, you know, there's been some interesting discussions that have taken place. And there's been some education that's happened as a result, too. A lot of people go, well, why would you need that in New York? It's a democratic state. Why would you need to encourage Democratic women to run? Because that's, you know, that's where Clinton came from. That's where Democrats come from. (laughs) Why do you need that? But the state is not entirely like that. And the area that I live in and other areas upstate are, are not as supportive, either of women or of progressives. So that, that system, we really have to work to build that and, and build those women and their support systems and being, being a part of that has truly been inspiring. What is your day job? I am an attorney by training. Okay. Uh, Most of what I've done has been pro bono or consulting work because as I said, my spouse was in the Navy and that meant that we moved every two to three years. Mm-hmm. And for a profession where you have to be licensed by each state, that becomes both expensive and difficult logistically. Yeah, I bet. Wow. I didn't even think about that. It also makes your resume look a little odd. <laughs> um, 
one of the things I've been involved with, uh, up until a couple of months ago, I was a board member of the Military Spouse JD Network, mm-hmm. which does fantastic work trying to build licensing accommodations for military spouse attorneys so that maybe we don't have to take a bar exam and spend an exorbitant amount of money to get licensed in another state when we're only going to be there for 18 months to three years, which is another kind of exciting thing that I've been involved with. I'm also currently a board member of the Birthrights Bar Association, which works for informed consent and rights around pregnancy and childbirth. Um, It's not connected to the reproductive justice movement. It's just around um, the time of birth, because there are a lot of people who want to give birth at home or, uh, you know, they don't want to undergo certain procedures in the hospital, and there are providers who want to help them. Mm -hmm. And... uh, regulations or insurance companies or hospital guidelines prohibit that. And so our work is to help build attorneys who want to help support those rights. Um, And then because I like to keep a little bit busy, I'm also, now that we're here and settled, I am working on developing my own legal practice, uh, primarily devoted to rights advocacy and litigation. Um, although I'm also interested in privacy and security issues. Yeah, it sounds like you've got a little bit going on. And not only uh, doing all that, but you're running a campaign at the same time. I, like, I'm exhausted just hearing you list all those things. Um, the good thing is that it's all fun. And <laughs> I, I won't lie, there are definitely moments that I've sat in the corner of the bedroom talking to my spouse or um, some of my campaign staff and said, so this was a dumb decision (laughs) and I don't know how to do this. And um, I can't, you know, I don't know what to wear. I don't know what to say. I feel like I'm doing everything kind of bizarrely. And I am extremely fortunate through both my experiences and the friends that I've met to have met a fantastic group of people who are all really supportive and every single one to a person, they go, okay, okay. Are you done now? Cause you have stuff to do. <laughs> you know, you're, you're here and you want to help these people and you want to build this city and you want to support this project. So if you're done whining now, please get up and let's go get stuff done. So <laughs> they, they give me my time to kind of, curl up in the corner and say, this is all a very dumb idea and I don't know how to fit anything else in my calendar. And they go, okay, now we're done. Carry on. And I think that's important. I think it's particularly important for women, as I said, who don't have that support system built in naturally. I mean, looking at some of the male candidates in the area, there are some fantastic candidates, you know, male and female, but the men just seemed to have kind of been brought up in that. Like it was expected. Mm -hmm. And so they were groomed and they were taught how to do things. And, and they were taught that it's okay to rely on other people to do things. And women don't get a lot of that same training in many cases. And so it's taken a while, uh, both personally, professionally, and with the campaign to say, okay, I can just, hand this over to someone I trust and and carry on because I have to do these other things. And that maybe sorting out voter registration data is not a best use of my time. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that I'm ignoring 
an issue or ignoring a concern. It means I have to, I have to prioritize what I'm doing and that it's more important for me to get out and meet people, for me to listen to constituents' concerns than it is for me to sort out voter registrations by year or, or to d divide the registrations by turf and who I'm going to talk to when. And being able to do that and then just have them go, here's the sheet. These are the people you're talking to today. That's a, that's taken some getting used to. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure I'm completely used to it, but, but I follow their instructions now. <laughs> <laughs> What's something that has, has really surprised you about running for office? Hmm. One is I, I'm one of the, I guess you call them an extrovert introvert. Mm -hmm. I like talking to people, but I like going back into my own space. And I've actually been really surprised by how much energy I've been able to get from talking to people. I was concerned that going out and walking and petitioning and walking the streets and talking to all of these people was going to be a little stressful and I was going to have to build in more recovery time. Because a lot of the times that's that's how I can get, if you go to a big event, it's like, okay, now I need 30 minutes to, to kind of come down from that. But it's really been the opposite. I've enjoyed it and I come home and I've got so much energy. I'm like, okay, now I have to get to work on these things. Now there's, there are ways that I can help people and I need to connect this person to this person. Or, well, she mentioned that she needs a stop sign here. I can't do that, but I know who can and I need to go talk to them. Mm-hmm. So I've actually needed a lot less recovery time. Um, that said, it's fairly early on. So I imagine in October, um, as the campaign is is reaching its height before Election Day, I may not get as much energy out of it. <laughs> but for now, that's that's been really surprising to me. Is your Election Day in November? Yes. Do you have a, a primary? No. Um, there... You have the potential for one, but we mm -hmm. don't have um, that right now. We have, there are two supervisors elected for our city. And right now there are two endorsed Republicans and two endorsed Democrats and no other. Um, the four candidates that are running on the major tickets are also the ones that have been endorsed by the other parties. Okay. Um, the independents, conservative women's equality and working family parties. Okay. So what are your core issues? Um, so I picked the tagline industry, infrastructure, and health, mm -hmm. because I think that that more or less, it gives a pretty good description of the primary things that I'm concerned with. Um, with industry, our city is growing rapidly, which is fantastic, but I think it needs to be thoughtful I think when you have a city that's uh, trying to attract more businesses, uh, more young professionals, and then as you attract them, you need to attract, you know, the things that help support them, the restaurants, the, um, the housing, all of that. It's really important that we are thoughtful about that. Um, I did grow up in Alabama, and a lot of the problem I see with cities there and, and other cities that we were fortunate enough to live in um, through our time in the Navy was sprawl mm -hmm. and sprawl can just be the death of a city. It makes it more difficult for everyone to get around. It increases our use of fossil fuels. 
it, it makes public transportation more expensive for the city. It costs a lot more in infrastructure costs. And it's just, it's a, it's something that I'm very concerned about. Right now, the city, um, it's not super compact, but it, it's relatively so. And I'm, I want to make sure that as the city is growing, that we don't lose some of that density and start creating more sprawl. I don't think it's beneficial for the city, financially, for the environment, or anything else. We also want to make sure that we attract the right kind of businesses, the kind of businesses that will that will stay here, that will have some sort of permanence. We don't want to have businesses coming in, building this huge warehouse, or, or taking up a lot of space downtown, and then rotating out after a year. We really want to, to build the city thoughtfully that way. Uh, the second concern is infrastructure. This is an old city, and some of our infrastructure is very, very old. If we want to build industry, but we also want to maintain what's here, we really have to start looking at replacing some of the infrastructure and thinking of how we're going to add more as we need it. Mm -hmm. And that includes the water system, the sewage system, both of them are very old. And a lot of constituents have, have said that they're concerned that as we bring in more people and we, we have developers wanting to build these huge, fantastic multifamily units for workforce housing and lower income that will really be a benefit to the city. But if we bring them in and our water system can't handle it, what have we just done? We, we've potentially put ourselves in a much worse position than we were before. And mm -hmm. people are going to end up fleeing because we don't have water. We can't, we can't promise that you'll be able to put in efficient toilets because our sewers can't handle them. I'm also concerned with infrastructure that's sort of newer, like broadband and wireless. These are, are really becoming necessities for a lot of people. And so I want to make sure that our school children, that our workers, that our families have access to that sort of thing so that they can participate in the economy and, and we can continue to grow this city um, education-wise as well. My last primary concern is health. We have a really great public health um, department and social services. The problem is, is our county is a little bit spread out. And Saratoga Springs itself is a very expensive city, land and property-wise. And so there are some concerns about how much money the county is spending keeping those services in Saratoga. The problem is, is that Saratoga Springs is also the second most populous city. So when you start moving services away from the city, we have to really balance. If we're moving them away, we may be saving some money, but what is that costing us? Mm -hmm. Do people then not have access to health services? Do they not have access to vaccinations? Do our seniors who are in the senior daycare centers no longer have access to that? We're building a new... Uh, law enforcement building in the county. If we put more services there that's sort of out from Saratoga Springs, are we still going to be able to protect and keep our city healthy? Obviously, the whole county is important, but we do have to look at if the majority of the population are in one or two areas, we need to make sure the services get everywhere in the county, but also that we don't uh, increase the risk. Um, some of my background is in public health, and if you have a high concentration of individuals like you do in Saratoga Springs and the other uh, major municipality in the area is Clifton Park, if you take public health and vaccination services away, what do we do if there's a public health crisis? If the vaccinations are out 
in the middle of the country where there are the county where there are only 400 people we're going to have difficulty vaccinating as many people as we need to as fast as we need to and so it's not just a matter of looking at the cost but also looking where lower costs increases risk mm-hmm. and i think that changes can be made but i think again my whole thing is we have to be very thoughtful and very deliberate in how we move and in making sure that you know, we want to be financially secure. Um, this is one of the lowest taxed areas in New York State, which is great, but that may mean also that there's room for us to adjust so that we can provide all the services we need without drastically increasing the, the cost to the people who live here. So have you faced any obstacles in your campaign? Well, I think the, the two biggest obstacles, one, of course, is money. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't come from a wealthy family background. I have a relatively young family. Um, I have four kids. And um, the reason my spouse left the Navy was because of um, he was diagnosed with MS two years ago. Oh, wow. So we've had a few bumps in the road. So Mm -hmm. while, you know, we are very financially responsible, we don't have a lot of the of the money just sitting around to pull from that a lot of other people um, who have planned for this a little bit longer have. Um, So that's, it's been interesting to kind of deal with that because I think people expect certain things from politicians. Mm -hmm. Um, They expect you to show up at, you know, this $150 plate dinner or this event. And it's, been interesting to kind of develop my campaign and I think this is where the help that I've had has been really beneficial to me in saying that's not what Tara's here for Mm -hmm. and you know she will do as much as she can and she will listen to you and I you know I'm happy to meet with anyone and go to as many as I can but it also means that I have to be very particular in what I'm doing because my goal is to use whatever money we have for meeting individual people and outreach that way and and not necessarily going to these events, which I, I think may have ruffled some feathers because it's not mm-hmm. the it's not the standard political um, viewpoint. Uh, and I think the biggest thing has been the people who look at me and they go, yeah, you seem like you have good ideas. You seem like you've got a solid head. You're smart. I love your plan, but you're new. Yeah. That, that's that been a little difficult. Uh, one of the things I say is we've had ties to the city for over a decade. And 50% of the Democratic registered voters in Saratoga Springs have moved here in the last decade. So I'm not the only new one. There are a lot of us that are coming into the city because it's growing. And I feel like I'm part of that push and part of that progress. We, you know, we maintained our ties even when we were away on military orders. It's not that we forgot about Saratoga Springs. In fact, you know, our friends that lived here and the experiences we had and the visits we had here is what brought us to settle here. And that's the other thing that I've said is one way that I'm different is I wasn't raised here. I wasn't born here and that's why I landed in Saratoga Springs. I chose this place. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be here. I fell in love with it and I want it to grow and to be as fantastic a place as it is with the great schools 
with the walkable downtown and everything that brought us here. And, and that's why I want people to know that I chose that. And that's why I will work, I think, harder than anybody else that's, you know, that's running because I, I was very deliberate in choosing here. It wasn't an accident. And so that's really how I've kind of been approaching it. And, and that's honest. That's true. We, we moved here for a reason. We settled mm-hmm. here for a reason. And I, I want Saratoga Springs to, to continue to be the fantastic place it is. The city and the country. Well, you can really tell that you love this place by just the way you talk about it. And, and I can't imagine that anybody would work harder for <laughs> their, their town than you would. Well, thank you. And, and I hope to. I hope to get the opportunity to. Um, I, I, I'll keep working for the city and for the residents, regardless of whether I win the supervisor position. I'm, I'm here. I'm in it for the long haul. And I want to keep it great. And I want to keep it, you know, the lovely place that it is. But I do hope that the voters also see that passion and see that devotion to the city. And... And choose to let me move forward in the government with it. So if people are listening and they want to get involved with your campaign, where can they find you? Either online or in person? In person, I'm everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm easy to tell because I'm one of the few people in town that has four children. (laughs) And they're they're between the ages of five and 16. So if you see a very harried woman walking downtown, (laughs) um, it's probably me. Um, online, I have uh, a website. It's gastonforsupervisor.com. I also have a Twitter, which, because they shorten things, it's Gaston and the number four soup, S-U-P. Okay. Uh, and then I'm also on Facebook. If you, uh, Gaston for supervisor or to use the shorthand at Gaston for supervisor, all spelled out. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm pretty much anywhere and all of my messages and email um, even my phone number is available there so anyone can contact me whether they want to volunteer they want to donate or they just have questions I'm happy to take all of it all right well this has been great thanks for talking to me thank you so much for having me on here and I'm glad to help spread the word both about my campaign and getting other women involved we need yes more diversity in politics agreed Thanks for listening, and great big thanks to Tara Gaston for chatting with me. Tara's got so much going on, and she's trying to do so much good for her community. I'm excited to see what she does next. Check out her campaign for Saratoga Springs City Supervisor at GastonForSupervisor.com, on Facebook at GastonForSupervisor, and on Twitter, she's GastonForSUP. That's Gaston, the number four SUP. Thanks for listening to She's Running. You can find the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at at She's Running Pod. Please rate, review, and subscribe to She's Running on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or Google Play, whatever you listen to. And please tell your friends about the show. If you know of a candidate you'd like to hear on the podcast, tweet at me or send me an email at she's running pod at gmail.com. I'm always excited when I get recommendations and I try my very best to get them on. Next week, I've got Mary McIntyre, who is running for school board in Albemarle County, Virginia. 
No idea if I said Albemarle right. I really, really practiced it, Mary. All right, that's it for this week. Thanks. I'll talk to you soon. We loved Saratoga Springs so much that <laughs> it, it wasn't as hard a decision. Yeah. Um, although I, I'd love you to not tell our families that. <laughs> um, but for us, it, it was a pretty easy decision to, to settle down here. I mean, once you fall in love with a place, it's just like, that, then yeah, it's home. It is. But we like to pretend it was a little tougher. Yeah. <laughs>